Vidar and Catherine Ligard are the founders of safarimission.org. Vidar Ligard is also the author of A Fork in the Road, a book that gives you life lessons you were not taught in school and that the church did not tell you. And that is what Safari Mission Podcast is all about, teaching practical steps to personal growth and development. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Vidar and Catherine Ligard. Welcome, welcome. Today, we are going to talk about one of the most important subjects that there is. We're going to talk about one of these things that will cause us to do well in life, or one of these things that can uh, can hinder us in all kinds of different areas. And the secret word is the word offense. How do we deal with it? How do we overcome it? And so forth. Yes, because really offense can hinder someone's life. You know, they can have a lot of skills, uh, but you know, skills is one thing, character is another. And one of the things in our character is how do we deal with offense? You know, that's one of the things that um, really can hold people back because they start, you know, when you get offended, that starts affecting your behavior and you don't think about it, but it affects your behavior. And then your behavior towards other people will be affected and that can become a hindrance. Yeah. You know, it's been said that offense is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person will die. True. And that is so true regarding offense. Uh, When we are offended towards somebody else, it affects us a whole lot more than it affects the other person we're offended at. And so the saying, it's like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. Well, the one that gets offended is the one that dies, not the other person. And I think I like to make the point that, you know, sometimes you have a reason to be offended. You might have been mistreated. You might have been done wrong by another person so it's not like you're always uh you know it's you don't have a reason for it but it is still a choice whether you let that get to you or whether you forgive them and release them and move on yourself there is nobody who's lived life and never had an opportunity to be hurt yes uh you can probably say it this way too that there's nobody who's lived life and and never got hurt we all have opportunities to get hurt and we've all made the mistake of engaging in the opportunity and allowing ourselves to get hurt. But we don't have to. We don't have to be offended. We don't have to get hurt by the actions of other people. No, because, you know, there's such a thing like walking in love. And the Bible does talk about this in 1 Corinthians 13. It kind of describes what love is. And so I'm just going to read that from the Passion Translation. really like how it comes out in that translation. And um, it says, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. 
And you know, when you love someone, you can forgive someone. And it doesn't have to be a feeling like, I feel like I should love this person that has done me wrong. No, it's a choice we make. And we choose to walk in love and we say, I will forgive them. And I will walk in love and I will show them kindness, patience. And I will, you know, I will believe the best of them, even if I felt like they did me wrong. Maybe it was ignorance. You don't know. Sometimes it's, it's, it's on, you know, evil intent. You can still love them and forgive them. What did Jesus say on the cross when they crucified him? He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Right, right. And that's often where offense come in, comes in too. When you, when you think they have done whatever they did uh, with bad motives and you start judging the motives of other people, um, well, that judgment may be right. It may not be right. Uh, very often you can't, you really can't tell by the actions of other people what the motive behind were. Uh, and even if you are right in, the, in, in judging the motive of other people, uh, you still have to realize that the Lord forgave us regardless of what our motives were. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That was me and you and everybody else. And we need to show the same kind of compassion, the same kind of forgiveness, the same kind of letting go uh, of whatever people have done towards us. When I think of forgiveness and I think of offense, I often think of Joseph in the Bible. You know, there was a day he went from rags to becoming the prime minister in one day. But on his journey there, he had, he had plenty of opportunities. And I think of, you know, he was given the coat of many colors. Uh, colors at that particular time, it was a new invention. Colors actually come from Egypt. Uh, and so it's, it's a splendid, it's a fine piece of clothing that he has. And his brothers are offended at him and, and all of this. And, and he's called a dreamer. But one day he's thrown into the cistern. He's, uh, and, and, and I'm imagining Joseph at the bottom of this cistern. And by his own brothers, even. You know, his own siblings. It should have been the ones that were out there to protect him. Right. And so in that cistern, of course, you, you certainly have an opportunity to be hurt. You have an opportunity to be angry. You have an opportunity to have all kinds of emotions. And most probably the emotions were there. Yeah, I would imagine. But then I'm, I'm imagining Joseph there and he's looking up and you can see some sort of a skylight up uh, at the top of that cistern. You, maybe you shout, help! And, and, and there's nobody to answer because you're maybe in a remote place. And after you're in there for a while, and, and you don't know, is it going to be five minutes? Is it going to be five hours? Is it going to be five days? How long will I be here until somebody comes and finds me? And he's, in my imagination, he's yelling, help, help. And then he hears somebody. And I can imagine the hope that is rising in Joseph when you hear, oh, finally somebody's coming. I, I wonder who it is. I wonder what this is going to turn out to be. And you keep yelling help and they finally turn over, come over to the cistern and, and they peek down from the top and you start talking to them and your hope rises. And Joseph gets pulled out of that cistern. He was thrown in there, almost beaten to death by his brothers, thrown in the cistern. Now he's pulled out and you find out it's your cousins. It's the Ishmaelites and, and that's your cousins. Only to find out you're actually sold into slavery. And so, you know, in the lives of most people, I mean, it would cause such hurts, it would cause such offense that you, you wouldn't be able to live a successful life after, after this kind of thing if you're harboring on the offense. Right. But obviously, Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house, and he does his job with such 
excellence that the Bible says that Potiphar was not even mindful of anything in his house or anything in his field, any of his own personal property. He had no thoughts or cares about it. The only thing he cared about was the food that was put on his plate. Mm -hmm. And so Joseph must have served with utmost excellence. And that tells us that Joseph built the habit of not dwelling on hurts, not dwelling on offenses. Uh, he had the opportunity to put all his brothers in prison. He could have put them all to death if he wanted to as the prime minister of Egypt, and they're coming to him hungry. Yeah, of course he could. But he chooses to forgive. Mm -hmm. And so the story of Joseph is a beautiful story of, of a man who created the habit of letting go on these things. And if Joseph wouldn't have, there is no way he ever would have been prime minister of Egypt if he wouldn't have let go of these things. True. And you know, there's so many people who get hurt like Joseph was, but they keep holding on to that hurt and they keep holding on to the past and they don't let go of it. They don't release it. They don't choose to forgive and move on. So they live in the past and they can never overcome it. And, and you know, that hinders them from moving into a God has for their life. You know, Joseph had a dream about uh, what he ended up doing, but I don't think he could imagine the road he had to walk on to get there. You know, he had a dream where his brothers were going to bow down before him, and, and that's what caused him to be into trouble in the first place because he talked about it, but you know, that's a different story. But the thing is, he had a vision. God showed him what he was going to do in life, but in the from the dream until it came to fulfillment, there was a path to walk that was full of hurt, of disappointments, of opportunity to prove and rush, of being offended. And and you know, he chose to forgive and move on and forgive and move on. There's many other incidents in his life where he had to choose to forgive. And move on and you know in the end it did come to pass what God had shown him the dream did come to pass but it wasn't an easy way to walk and if he had stopped because he got offended along the way it wouldn't have seen it come to pass and that's where so many people are in their lives they have God spoke to them about something and they tried to make it happen in their own and that's probably what Joseph tried to do, like talking about it. He started to make it happen on his own. And guess what? He got into major trouble by trying to make it happen on his own. He wasn't waiting for God's timing. But, you know, the same thing with us. We have so many people who heard from God that put something in their heart. It is there. And they try to make it on their own. And they get into trouble and, and you know, hurt. And, and people will wrong them. No fault of their own a lot of times, too. But if we stop there... If we put a camp there with a fence, we will not move on. Joseph could never have done what he did if he was stuck in a fence. Yeah. Let's ask the question, how do you know if you're offended? You know, That's a good pe question. People have different how ideas. Can we, <laughs> how do we identify offense, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. How do we identify offense? Right. Um, I think I would say uh, one sure tell sign is... You know, we can all think of people that have done things in our lives that weren't optimal. Yeah. Uh, how do you think about those people? And if you meet those people, mm -hmm. what do you do? 
do you attend to cross the street and, and so that you don't have to meet them? Yeah. If you're sitting in church, do you tend to find a seat in the other end of the auditorium so you don't have to sit close by them? What happens, what are the thoughts that happen in your mind when you see those people that have done something against you? I think, I think what happens in your mind when you see them, it, it reveals a lot. It does. So, um, yeah, so that's one of the things that you look for. How do you treat them? How do you, do you initiate contact? Do you avoid them? Um, <clears throat> what are some other things to think about? Well, in your day-to-day, -day, I mean, are you allowing people to take up space in your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yes, put up tent in your in your thought life, huh? Uh, you know, True. somebody said, don't don't let these people live rent-free rent in your mind. Yes. <laughs> That's a funny way of... Uh, in a funny way of saying it. When you think of these people, what kind of thoughts do you think? Are they good thoughts? Uh, do bad emotions come right away? Um, or are you wishing for them to be blessed? Or are you wishing for them to not be blessed? I think these are sure tell signs of whether we're still offended or we're still not offended. You know, uh, Christ died for us while we were still sinning, mm -hmm. while we still were in a position of habitually offending God, mm -hmm. that's when he died for us. That's when he did something good for us. That's when he wanted to approach us. That's when he wanted to bring us into his care. And that is what true love does. It, it, the people that keeps on offending, mm -hmm. you, you are so large-hearted mm -hmm. towards them that you don't allow it to affect you, but you're still wishing the best for those people. So how do we get over things? What's the best thing we can do if somebody has wronged us? And somebody, and, and you know that feeling is gonna be, it, it's a natural feeling. You know, if you think that you'll never have the feeling that maybe something is wrong, but you know, it's, it's, it's natural to feel this like, oh, that hurt me, oh, that was, you know. So, but what, how do you get rid of it? How do you deal with it? Because it will come to everyone. I'm sure it came to Joseph. But, but you know, it's how do you handle it? How do you overcome it? How do you get over it? Mm -hmm. I have found in my personal life, uh, the ones that I have struggled the most with getting over offense or to struggle the most with forgiving, mm -hmm. I have found that if you do what Jesus said to do, mm -hmm. pray for your enemies. Mm -hmm. I know I've heard a lot of people pray against their enemies. That's not really scriptural, <laughs> scriptural praying. No, pray for them. Pray that the Lord will bless them. And at, in the beginning, at times, it's been very difficult to pray that prayer. Mm -hmm. But I have purpose that I am going to genuinely pray that the people are blessed, that their families are blessed, that the Lord will have mercy on them, that he will place his favor upon them, that their businesses will be blessed, their children will be blessed. And at first, it might be hard. Uh, at first, the feelings may not be there. Right. But I have found that I've, if I will consistently pray for the people that I'm struggling with forgiving, mm -hmm. praying that they will be blessed, mm -hmm. over time, the love of God that is in us, because by the Holy Spirit, He has shed the love of God into our hearts. It's mm -hmm. there. But if you will then pray consistently, that love will come out and it will start permeating your emotions mm -hmm. to where your bad emotions towards those people, they will just go away over time. But sometimes it's not done in five minutes or one day or even one week. It depends on the level of the hurt sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
But if you will just purpose and commit that, you know what? I'm going to do what the Bible said. I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to pray for my enemies. And then I'm going to pray for God to bless them. Over time, God will start blessing those people when you pray that way. Uh, your heart towards them will, will turn, will change. Your emotions towards them will turn and change. And that thing that has been a poison in your own heart, in your own life, if you will, it'll just go away and there's going to be blessing in your own life as a result. And I think it's great uh, or important to make the point that you can't wait for the feelings to change before your actions change. You have to make a decision first. Start praying. Start, you know, by faith saying good things about them. And after a while, your feelings will follow. Yeah, you know, the, the world's kind of love is feelings. Mm -hmm. God's kind of love is a decision that, yeah, eventually it, it affects feelings, but it doesn't start there. It starts with the decision that I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to treat them the right way. And as you do, feelings follow. They do. And, and, and I think that's very important that we are not led by feelings. We are led by God's word and we are led by the spirit. And feelings follow when we make the right adjustments in our lives, when we make the right decisions in our life. You know, the Bible says forgive. So we just do it because the Bible says it and the feelings will follow. And yeah. so I think that's a very important distinction to make because so many people, yeah, I want to do it, but I don't know how because my feelings aren't there yet. I know. You mm -hmm. first do what the Bible says to do. You first make that decision, make that adjustment then the feelings will follow. But, yeah. you know, we are not called to be led by feelings. Right, right. So praying for them is one way. Uh, another way, here in Matthew 5 and verse 23, Jesus said it like this, that if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother. Now, interestingly, I read the scripture, and I know many others have done this, I uh, read the scripture for quite a while, thinking, if you have something against your brother, go get reconciled. But the scripture actually doesn't say that. Let me read that again. It says, and if you there remember that your brother has something against you. So this is not just me having an offense against my brother, but it's recognizing that another party may have an offense against me. So it's, it's a much higher level of initiating reconciliation. But it says, first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gifts. And so along with just praying for them, um, ask yourself, is there something that I have done, even if the other party has done, has the greater fault, if you will, if you want to put it like that, mm -hmm. still ask yourself, is there something that I have done to aggravate the situation is there something that i could go even if the, your part is small and the other parts is big or maybe it was unintentional or maybe it was unintentional yeah go talk to them instead of avoiding them go talk to them give them a handshake give them a hug and give them kind words and if there is something you may have done offer uh, forgiveness say I, I'm, I'm sorry i did this even if it were small and start a conversation that way, at least you're releasing your side and you're given an opportunity for reconciliation. And that's what Paul said, as long as it's possible, mm -hmm. live at peace with all people. There are some that you may not be able to 
completely reconcile with, but make sure it isn't on your side. Uh, allow, always create pathways, reach out to them, give them a gift. You know, that's another way that you can initiate reconciliation as well. A gift sometimes will speak very loudly. I don't have anything against you. In fact, I'm here to help bless you. But here, like Jesus said, first be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Uh, I have found this, that almost always the, the one who initiates reconciliation, that's the party that's the most spiritual and mature. So let go of the hurt, let go of what's difficult, and choose to be the mature person. So many times, you know, we want to be offended or we want to, well, I'll forgive them, but I'm going to wait for them to come and initiate. Mm -hmm. Well, that's immaturity. The mature person will reach out and offer forgiveness, ask to be forgiven, and will initiate that reconciliation first. Yeah, and maybe you're not used to it. Maybe that's new, you know, new ideas to you, but things can change today. And you can start changing that in your life today by just making a choice and going and doing it. And you won't feel like it immediately, but feelings will follow. Never allow offense to get harbored in your life. Never allow hurt to harbor in your life. That's like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. Make sure you do what is necessary to let go of it because your own life depends on it. God bless you. Well, that's it for today. Watch out for our next episode with teachings from Vida and Catherine Ligard. Like, share, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Safari Mission. You can also visit our website www.safarimission.org or call us at plus 254-74-1777-805 to know more about Safari Mission and how you can get yourself a copy of Vida Ligard's book, A Fork in the Road.